0: I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Jude. Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25. And I want to speak a message entitled, Faultless. Faultless. I believe this message will be an encouragement to you. It will also be a challenge to all of us as a church as we draw closer to the heart of God. In Jude chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, it says this, Now to him... Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. We thank you for this Word. We receive it today. Thank you for your encouragement and thank you for your blessing upon us. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 5, verses 25-27 through says, Just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might... Present her to himself, a glorious church. Now watch this. Not having spot or wrinkle, and I love this, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The New Living Testament says at the end of those verses that instead she will be holy and without fault. I love that. When I read these verses, I'm humbled. I'm amazed. And I am thankful, really, for the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Listen, how many of you know one day all of us are going to stand before God, get this, completely faultless, absolutely pure, absolutely holy. The Bible says that Jesus will present us to God without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I love when the Apostle Paul just gets real like that in what he's saying. Spot a wrinkle and he goes, or anything like that. Anything that would even resemble that. There will be nothing there. And I know this is a miracle because in myself, I have all kinds of spots. Anyone else here got some wrinkles in your life? Anyone in your life know that you've got some blemishes? Listen, and, and the truth is that many of us don't see ourselves as God sees us. When God has set us free and cleansed us from our sin, the Bible says that Jesus is continually at work in our life, making us holy without spot and without wrinkle. I love the old hymn, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. And at one of the verses it says, When He shall come with trumpet sound, yeah. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. Get this, faultless. Faultless. To stand before the throne. I love that. One day all of us will stand before God Himself. All of us will have a day where everything that we have done and that we have said will be judged. Yet here we'll be before the Lord. As believers in Christ, those who have been washed in the blood, standing before Him completely faultless without spot, without blemish, without anything like that in our life. Think of the work that Jesus has done inside of you. Think of the work that Jesus has done inside of us. Ecclesiastes twelve fourteen in the Amplified says, For God will bring every act to judgment, every hidden and secret thing, whether it's good or evil. Every person, every one of us, whether they're saved and unsaved, will one day stand before God and give an accounting for our life. Everything about it. And I think that for many sincere and committed believers, that this is still a scary thing. And still a fearful thing. But I want to remind you today that it's not supposed to be for those who have been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, when we have been forgiven, how many of you have been forgiven of your sins? How many of you know that God has washed everything away by the blood? Listen, can I tell you, this is a marvelous thing. I look forward to standing before Jesus. I have found that encounters that I've had with God, times of prayer when His presence have been strong, that two things happen. One, because he is so holy, I am aware that in my flesh there is nothing righteous in me. you ever been in the presence of God like that? And very quickly, as a child of God, I begin to know his presence come in and remind me that he has washed me and made me clean. And myself, I'm not worthy, but because of Jesus, we have been made worthy and righteous in his name. Listen, there will be two judgments. One for the saved and one for the unsaved. The judgment scene of Christ is for those who know Christ as their Savior and are now the righteousness of God. The other judgment will be the great white throne judgment that is reserved for those who have rejected the grace and mercy of Jesus. But the purpose of this message is not to describe the two judgments, but to speak to Christians so that you know that when you stand before God, that Jesus is going to present you faultless before Him. Faultless means without blame. Blameless, without guilt, without shame, without defect, without blemish. It means unblemished, clean, pure, holy, harmless, innocent, and I love this where I got the title, Flawless. That means above accusation and above reproach. I want to ask you this morning, Christian, do you see yourself as faultless? Do you see yourself as flawless? The truth is that many of us don't see ourselves that way. The enemy whispers into our head every wrong thought we've had, every wrong thing we've done, every wrong desire we've ever experienced, the struggles that we have day to day in our everyday life, and that's all that he wants us to see. We see ourselves in the mirror reflected back what the enemy is trying to show us in our life instead of the way that Jesus sees us because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, we know that there are two groups at the judgment. There will be sheep and there will be goats. These two groups will stand before the Lord separately on the day when we meet before Him. One group on the right. One on the left. There will be saints and sinners. There will be sons and daughters and then there will be slaves. There will be the faithful and the unfaithful. There will be the wise and the foolish. There will be believers and unbelievers. But Scripture says... That for those who are wicked, all their evil deeds will be exposed by the light. Every wicked thought, every secret desire, every lust, every vile imagination, every denial of Christ, every curse word, and all will be proclaimed at the judgment. But for the Christian, for those who are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus... No evil deed of the righteous will be mentioned on that day. I think that we have forgotten how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ really is. Instead of the bad things that were mentioned about the wicked, every good thing about our lives will be brought into the light. Listen, every holy thought, every charitable act, every sacrificial work. And our Lord is going to make known to all who are present are every heart cry, every prayer for the lost, every morsel of bread given to the hungry, every piece of clothing given to those in need, every word of encouragement that we gave to those who need it, every act of obedience to God's Word, every time we followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and every time we resisted sin. Listen, He is going to bring every good thing out into the open. And I want to tell you, that will be one glorious moment. How many you are looking forward to that in Jesus name. listen, I can't wait when we stand there with one another. God will not be listing. A list of everything and checking off the bad things we've done. I think we're going to stand there in amazement as God lists off everything that each one has done for His glory. I think it's going to be one of the greatest praise services we've ever had in our entire life. As we listen, listen, I didn't know you did that. You went through that. So did I. And look how you came through. So did I. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. Thankful for the strength of God. Look how you persevered. Look at everything that you done when you were obedient look at the things you showed up for that you didn't want to look at the way you were obedient to speak into people's lives when you didn't know what to say but you followed the leading of the holy ghost the bible says we'll be presented faultless and blameless the fact is that as we stand before our lord at the judgment we will be complete in him This means that everything we've ever done, including every sin we've ever committed, will already be covered by His blood. And watch this, never mentioned again. In short, there is no condemnation for the righteous. You know, when you and I stand before God the Father, it will be with Jesus as our side. And you and I will be without fear. And we'll be in perfect peace. I believe that it will be the most loving the most joyful, the most thankful experience that we've ever had in our entire existence. John 5.24 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. And watch this, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Romans 8.1 in the Amplified says, Therefore there is... Now, can you say now with me this morning? Now, there is therefore now no condemnation. That means right now in this church, if you know Christ as your Savior, there is no condemnation for you. If you have accepted Him into your life and you have asked for forgiveness of your sins, listen, there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in Him as personal Lord and Savior. Many Christians have a difficult time seeing themselves as faultless because we are all well aware of our struggles that we have with sin. Anyone in this room ever have some struggle with sin? All of us watch this have fault lines. Fault lines. We will be presented faultless, but we all have fault lines. Like cracks in the earth crust that make those areas susceptible to an earthquake We all have places of vulnerability or cracks in our lives. Sin that when shaken can cause problems and even devastation. I love when you read about David who's known as a man after God's own heart. And he's that for a reason. He had a passion for God. He had a transparency with God that was powerful. As David looked over his life, time and again he received freedom from his sins because he prayed that God would deal with his heart. In Psalm nineteen seventeen through 14, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect David loved the things of God. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Any of you in this room have a hard time figuring yourself out sometimes? You ever deal with areas of your life that go, I don't even get me. If you've been there, say a good amen. David cried out, cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. And he says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. My strength and my redeemer. Well, most of us are only willing to take responsibility for what we know. David feels deeply responsible for what he does not. And fearing the impact of sin, hiding in the unseen corners of his awareness and in his life, David cries out to God for grace and forgiveness and growth. Listen, those of us who have a heart after God long for the freedom of standing faultless before the Lord. And part of that is taking responsibility for the fault lines in our life. These verses reveal four areas that all of us have that are fault lines. One are open faults. And open faults are our sins that are known to us and known to others. They're hidden faults. Those are our sins that are known to us, but hidden to others. We know we've got them, but we don't let anyone know it because we conceal it carefully. There are blind faults. Those are sins that are not known to us, but are known to others. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down blind spots. How many of you know we all have certain things in our life that we do, but we don't realize we're doing them, but they're noticeable to others? It's funny, I know when I preach there are certain things I realize that I say that I don't realize I say all the time, and people will say them to me. They're a blind spot. I don't realize I do that. How many of you know every speaker has that? I don't mind when you pick up on them. Listen, I may not notice them. But The truth is there are all of us have different areas of our life that others see that we don't. There are unknown faults. Our sins that are known to us, unknown to us and unknown to others. But it was David's sins that were unknown to both himself and to others that kept David hungry for more of God. See, open faults are out on the table in their public knowledge. People will deal with us with those. Our hidden faults can be addressed when we go to prayer through confession and repentance. If you're a believer, that's something normal that you do in your life. That's just a normal part of being a Christian. Lord, forgive me of those things. Faults, blind to us but known to others, can be addressed by honest and candid friends. It's like when someone runs out of the restroom and their fly is down and someone goes, Listen, I know you don't know this, but you could probably zipper that up. You didn't know that, but they did. How many of you know we need people in our lives that see things we don't see and help us to pull it together? Come on, someone say a good amen. Listen, in the body of Christ, if we would do that more with one another and just be honest, it would be encouraging. It's not even a thing. It doesn't have to be a thing. They just help you to put it together. But what about the sins in our lives that we and others are unaware of? How do we strip them of their power and force them out of the darkness? I want to remind you that unknown faults can only be exposed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the only one who can penetrate the blind spots we have. He's the only one that can convict us by revealing things to us and make us sensitive to the presence of sin that lurks in the shadows. Listen, one of the ways we live in victory and freedom and blameless and pure before God is to regularly allow the Lord to search our lives. I've been noticing something in the world lately in Christianity. We've become very comfortable and familiar with sin that we don't even recognize it there anymore. It's become a part of our life. There's a difference between the Davids and the modern day Christian. I want to tell you, but I believe in the modern day church who desires to be like Jesus. Many people, including many Christians, live with this nagging feeling that something is just not right, something feels off. And I want to remind you that it doesn't have to be this way. I believe that when you feel those things going on in your life, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And in Proverbs 20, 27, it says, The Spirit of Man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of the heart. Listen, the Spirit of God will shine his light into every area of our lives and drive out darkness. Luke 8:17 says. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. In Ephesians 5.13 it says, But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light of God's precepts, for it is light that makes everything visible. What's amazing about David is that he didn't wait for things to be discovered. He invited God to openly examine his life. And when we begin to pray like David did, we stop sin dead in its tracks. We stop condemnation dead in its tracks. Shame dead in its tracks. And we allow the Spirit and the power of God to direct and redirect our lives. In Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24, David prayed, Search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties. Hey. You know that feeling going on inside of you. You're not sure why it's off. Try me. Know me. And see. If there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me God. Know me, God. Test my heart. Ask me questions. Check my attitude, my fears, my worries, my hesitations, my area of compromise. See if there is anything in me, Lord, anything wicked. See if there is anything in me that offends you and lead me in the paths of righteousness An everlasting life. Listen, what desire, what vulnerability before the Lord that David had when he came to him. His prayer time wasn't just another check on his list. I went to prayer today. Good, I'm done. Oh, he wanted to be with Jesus. Lord, I'm here and I love you. Whatever you want to do in my life, search me, God. Every part of me. Everything that's in me. I don't want to just bless your holy name. I want you to get into every nook and cranny of my life. All of it belongs to you. And if there's anything there that isn't yours, Lord, I want you to have it. I want you to show me. I want you to make it visible to me. Because all I want to see is Jesus in my life. Oh, what would happen if all of us would make that our prayer? Oh, sometime during the week, Lord, search me and know me. and Listen, you know the anxiety. There's something off God. What is it? Show me. God, there may be worries in my life where I'm not trusting You. There may be things that I'm fearing and I've forgotten how great You are. There may be things that I've done and You're trying to get my attention with that thing that feels off. But Lord, whatever it is, show me and I yield it to You. What a prayer. David said, if there's anything, nothing's off limits. Examine me. And if there... Is anything there lead me in a better way? Listen, if we want to be faultless and watch this and feel faultless, then we need to invite God to direct all of our ways. David specifically prayed about the sins, the weaknesses and faults that were hiding under the surface of our life. Even though we didn't know what they were, he admitted their existence and asked forgiveness. And listen, those are the kind of sins that cut sin, the kind of prayers that cut sin off at the pass and drain sin of its power. More than anything, can I say that again? More than anything, David wanted the familiar presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. I ask you this morning, more than anything, do you want his presence? I know life is busy. I know there's a lot of things we have to do and a lot of things we're dealing with. But I see a difference in those who long for the presence of God. My prayer is that this church will be a church like David. I'm going to tell you, I'm afraid we're getting away from it. I feel that in my spirit, church. And I'm calling you back. I'm calling you back. I'm calling us back. More than anything, David wanted the familiar presence of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that one of the reasons that many believers don't understand that they are faultless is because they no longer have the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life or an awareness. One of the most heartbreaking verses in all the Bible to me is found in the story of Samson. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before as at other times and shake myself free But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. I want to tell you there is nothing more unsettling than to have known the power, presence, and work of God in your life and then discover that it's no longer there. Samson compromised and tested God for so long that when the Lord left him, he didn't even notice. And I think that that's true of many people. And I think that's true of some churches. But I'm telling you, as long as I'm your pastor, that will not be this church. We want the presence and the power of God in this place. My prayer is that we will long for Him more than anything. It's amazing to me how many people keep doing things. I want to tell you there will be churches this morning that are going on with what they're doing and the presence of God isn't there. They're just going about They're things. There are people that are getting up and they believe their life is right with God, but they haven't dealt with the sin. And they have this nagging sense that something's not right. But they are not faultless and blameless before God. They're going about life and the power of God has left them. And they don't even notice. They don't even notice. Oh God, may we always notice. Can I tell you, you will notice if you love the Lord and when the presence of God and the Spirit of God resides in you. Sin always causes distance from God. And when the Holy Spirit backs off from our life, we'll know it, whether or not we notice it, the moment that he does. Sanson didn't realize he had left. But he noticed it as soon as he decided he'd want the power of God that he took for granted. Sin causes distance from God. But David valued the presence of God. He made it a priority over everything else in his life. I want to say it again. He made it a priority over everything else in his life. David felt the displeasure of God. And he cried out and repented of his sin. In Psalms 51 It's probably one of the most transparent, incredibly honest prayers that's ever been prayed. When David was confronted by his sin by the prophet Nathan, concerning his relationship with Jezebel and the murder of Uriah, when Nathan said, you're the man, David knew the weight of his guilt and it hit him deep, and he repented so that he could be faultless and restored to the presence of God. Psalms 51, can I read a little bit of an extended portion of Scripture to you this morning? In Psalms 51, 1 through 17, David cries out, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your loving kindness, isn't that great? He knew. According to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. All oh, that's confession. Lord, I acknowledge what I've got going in my life. I've been told what it is and I'm letting you know that I understand it. And my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak. And blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. That means he had it and he lost it and he wants it back. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. "'Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous Spirit. "'Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. "'Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, "'and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. "'O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise.'" For you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. My prayer when we read through the Bible, when we see these prayers, is that we won't read them like a story. These are the cries out of the very heart of someone who loves God. One of the reasons that some of us have a difficult time with knowing that we are made faultless is because we've lost the joy of our salvation. And sin has a way of doing that. David knew what it was like to dance before the Lord with all his might he wasn't concerned about his dignity and looking good, but all of a sudden he was. You know what I've noticed about the people of God who have been in the presence of the Lord? They've stopped caring about what other people think about them. They're not concerned about speaking what is right. And what is righteous because they know they can do that in love. David said, when I was cleansed of my sin, I was able to talk to other people in sin about their sins and turn them to the Lord. But once I became concerned about how I looked and there was sin in my own life, I couldn't speak to other people because God was still dealing with me. He'd lost all the joy and freedom because God was breaking David of David. But as he humbled himself, God restored to him a clean heart. The joy of being saved and the joy of being in his presence. And he'll do the same for us. Isn't it marvelous to be in the presence of God and know that you're faultless? Oh, i found the longer I work with the Lord, if I'll just come to Him and say, Lord, deal with my heart, deal with my sin, right at the beginning of my prayer. Man, the rest of the time in His presence is just marvelous. But you ever notice when you're in prayer time and you know there's stuff going on in your light, and you're just trying to go on with your prayer time, but God's light is all over here? And you're trying to ignore that the light is all over here? Yeah, You ever been there? Oh, yeah. And God's like, wait a minute. I think one of the things you're going to find in these last days as we serve the Lord are people who have a heart for God that just values presence so much and they're not playing games in the presence of the Lord. We all do stuff. We all go through those things. And when you do, step into the light. faultless, Without blame. Do you realize that when you bring it to the Lord and you ask for forgiveness, it's gone. Covered by the blood. You sing those songs, God, you're so good. Not just because, listen, it's one thing to thank God when he's provided for you. It's a whole deeper level when you know what he's done in you. so good. Yes. Yes. I breathe free. I'm clean. Holy. Pure and righteous. And what you need to understand and what we need to remember it's not our righteousness that makes us faultless. It's completely the righteousness of Jesus. That's right. I promise you as long as you make this thing all about you, you're always going to feel like you never measure up. You know why? We don't. We can't. We can't. There is no one righteous. No, not one. Any of you in this room ever know that? Listen, but can I tell you, when you realize what Jesus has done, Colossians 1.22 says, Yet now, He has reconciled you To himself. Through the death of Christ. In his physical body. As a result. He has brought you. Into his own presence. And you. Are holy. And blameless. As you stand before him. Without. A single. Fault. What i found is this. When I come to the Lord in prayer and all I hear is the enemy whispering in my ear, you're not good enough. You failed. Look at what you've done. Look at what you said. You could have handled that better. Anyone ever been there before? Why did you do that? Listen, can I remind you that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. That's what he does all day long. He just whispering right at you. telling. And listen, so the, the, the truth is what you did. The lie is that you are that. That's why I love to go to the Lord and just be honest. Yeah, God, he's right. But I thank you for your blood. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you make me pure. I thank you that this wasn't about me getting it all right. Listen, how many of you know we ain't going to get it all right? You're going to try to get it all right and you're going to find time and time again, you don't get it all right. I promise you the righteous, most saintly person that you've ever met doesn't get it all right all the time. But because of the blood of Jesus, faultless, clean, pure, holy. Listen, what a glorious thing to know. What absolute freedom that brings. What relief we have in the presence of God. Listen, people will accuse Christians of being judgmental all the time. You want to know who's judgmental? Other Christians who don't understand that they've been set free by the blood of Christ. They're the ones looking at everyone else going, but they do this and they do that and that's what they do. And, that. and listen, that's called immaturity. That's what kids do. Are the judgmental people in the church? Yes, because people are at different places in their walk with God. They're called children. (coughs) Children. But those who stand before the Lord, Lord, like David, search me, know me, test me, purify me, created me that my life brings you glory they stand before the Lord with confidence I want to tell you I believe that God wants to set some of us free today when you look at yourself that you'll see yourself as faultless and flawless instead of seeing all the flaws you know the world points out every flaw we have that's what most of the commercials are But how many of you are thankful for God? Would you stand with me this morning? Spirit of God, we love you in this place. More than anything in our life, we value your presence and we welcome you here, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we've determined as a church to make you our priority, our life. Holy Spirit, this morning, right now, we invite you to shine your light into every area of our life, like David did. Lord, we love you. And God, for some of us, there's been this feeling we're not good enough, we're not measuring up enough enough. All we can see are the fault lines. All we can see are the flaws. And Holy Spirit, we shine the light on every one of them today. And we ask that the things we can deal with, we'll deal with. We ask that you would forgive us of those sins. Right now in the name of Jesus, create in us a clean heart. Forgive us of the hidden faults, of the known things, of the things that only you see that we're not even aware of. We invite you right now to do that work in our life and forgive us of every area. Holy Spirit, we invite you. You mean more to us than anything in the world We thank You that You gave Your life, Jesus, so that we could be free from every bit of condemnation. I pray right now, God, that You would silence the voice of the devil that's whispering in the ears this morning, You're not good enough. you failed. Oh, Lord, we admit those things that we've done. But we thank You that You forgive us and we move from failure to faith. We thank You, God, that we are righteous in You. I pray that each one in this room would see themselves, each one watching this morning on Facebook. God, like David, we would see ourselves the way you see us, whole, spotless, without wrinkle or any such thing. God, the areas of our life that you need to iron out, we invite you to do that this morning. And Lord, we thank you that you're gentle and kind. So it's not like you're putting a steaming iron that'll burn us. I thank you that you're getting rid of those things. Thank you, Jesus. We invite you to do it. Thank you that you won't burn us. Thank you that you're smoothing out the things to make us look more like you. I pray right now that as we come each week into this place on Wednesdays and on Sundays that God you would always know that you're free to have your way in our life I pray Lord as we meet in our daily times of prayer and in the word that you would become more real to us than ever before that we would know the love you have for us Oh, I thank you that you loved us enough to do away with every bit of sin and to lead us in the ways that are pleasing to you. Now, Lord, I pray your blessing. Yes, Could we just lift our hands in this place? Holy Spirit, we love you. We make you the priority of our life restore to this church restore to our individual lives the joy of our salvation lord i pray that you in the midst of all the things we're dealing with that there would be that wonderfulness of knowing your presence that wonderful sense of knowing that you are there and the pleasure of god oh may we feel it when we walk into this church may we feel it as we walk into our prayer time may we know you like you know us And may You be glorified in every area of our life. Holy Spirit, we've come out of a month of praying. And we're excited about what You're going to do in the last half of this year. Father, we come with an expectancy. While the rest of the world may be seeming to go into a weird spot, we thank You right now that You are God and You are good and You are faithful and You're drawing all men unto You. May we see it. In ways we've never dreamed possible. We invite you to have your way with us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said a good amen. I pray the Lord will bless you. He'll keep you. He'll make his face shine upon you. And give you peace.